Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. And I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he'll transform us to become like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That is what a life aligned with his best looks like. And that is our mission at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be Sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at academy.moretobe.com and get access to a library of biblically-based resources and coaching opportunities. On today's podcast, we're going to do something a little bit different. It's just going to be me and you. I know typically I have a co-host, either Kaylee joins me and we chat about an episode. Recently, I've had the More To Be coaches on. We're going to have more of that in the future. And often I will have on a guest, somebody who's written a book or has started a ministry or has accomplished something in their life. But today I really want this to be about me and you and sharing with you something that I have been doing on and off for the last decade-ish, maybe even longer, uh, that has helped me be intentional about my spiritual growth, my emotional growth. And my relational growth. And it it changes as things do as we change. But I just really want to give you kind of this blueprint of how I do it. And the timing is actually pretty interesting because as I'm recording this, we are towards the end of October. And typically around this time of year, I actually start thinking about the next year. Even though I've been married to an educator for 24 years now, and our life follows the September through May rhythms, my heart really does bend towards the new year, January to December. And so I have traditionally just been focused on what is the new year gonna hold for me? I even think about that in terms of the ministry of more to be. What content will I bring your way? What will we study together in God's word? What will be the theme word or the focus? Many of you may be that kind of one word person. And I, I've done that. I've had a one word long before it was a movement and had a hashtag. Um, and, and so what I want to share with you is something that really overflowed uh, for me out of a season in life that was, I feel like the new birth of my spiritual maturity. So even though I came to know the Lord that semester in college during my junior year, and, and many of you have heard the story about how you know, I was living like a Christian on the outside and professed Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but it was a good 10 years before I started reading scripture for myself. And it was even longer than that, probably 12 to 13 years into my walk with the Lord that I really started dealing with my heart. And that was when I ended up getting into counseling. And for those of you who don't know the story, like in brief, um, my husband basically said to me, Lisa, if you really love me and the kids, you wouldn't be treating us this way because my anger and the tone of my words and the volume of my words uh, was definitely hurtful. And uh, through a series of events, and if you go back to the early, early, probably the second podcast, maybe even the first podcast, you can hear the whole story of how that played out. But I ended up getting into counseling and really trying to figure out how to deal with my heart. And around that same time, I read a book by Anne Ortland called Disciplines of a Beautiful Woman. And it was interesting because the woman that gave me this book uh, lived across the street and had an older daughter and I really admired their relationship. And my motivation was I wanted to raise my girls like she raised her daughter. 
And, and so I asked her, what have you done? And she gave me this book. And at the time, this book was already dated. It was you know, written in the 70s or the 80s. And so much of it was not relevant to living in the social media age and you know, using smartphones. And I mean, it just, the context, it, it was almost like reading scripture in that it felt so foreign. But the principles really that emerged out of this was how will I live intentionally? And what I ended up creating was this thing that I called Equipped. Um, it's my equipped plan. And there have been years that I have really used it. And there's been other years that, like last year, I didn't use it at all. But the Lord's been prompting me to, to do this again. And so the Equipped plan, it's a, it's a resource that is available at moretobe.com. It's available in the shop. Uh, if you want to get it with joining the sisterhood, you can get it that way. But it is a, a workbook kind of document that leads you through these principles of living intentionally and figuring out, I have it in front of me, my, my worksheet here, um, how to explore what is the word that God is laying on your heart to live out? What word represents that scripture and how can you be intentional about unpacking that all year long? Uh, and then it takes you into the section called Embrace where you get to like list out what is it that you feel God has made you to do? Who do you feel he has called you to serve? And where do you feel his pleasure most of all? And that expression comes from, uh, from me. If you've ever seen Chariots of Fire, when Eric Little has that encounter with his sister and his sister says to, her, to him, you need to go serve on the missions field. We're going to China. And he basically says back to her, no, I feel God's pleasure when I run fast. And that is what I'm going to do right now. And then I will go to the missions field. And I love that he was able to kind of describe, it's not just running, but it's running fast. And he was able to really point to, I'm going to do this now, and then I'm going to do this later. And so this section is, what do you feel God has called you to do now, maybe later? Um, and then being able to sum that up in one or two sentences to, to create a mission statement for your life. And then the last part is the engage. What are the measurable goals within each priority area you'd like to set for the next 12 months? And so I've divided those uh, priority areas into um, one is relationship with God and growing spiritually. Two is relationship with others and spreading uh, the gospel. And then three is uh, stewarding time, talents, and treasures. And in each of those sections, I have specific steps. Like for me, it's it's quiet time and scripture study. What will I do? When will I meet with the Lord? What do I hope to accomplish this year? Family. Um, in priority two, there's, there's a, a point for family, for church, for friends, for community and beyond. And then under that stewarding time, talents, and resources and treasures, it's a missional work. Uh, for me, that's more to be, you know, and the work of more to be any secondary work or hobby, um, next step for career, finances, investments, emotional and physical health, recreation and rest. And so I set these goals kind of like I'm throwing darts at a board because I know that uh, we can plot our course, but the Lord determines our steps, right? And so we could have a great plan and then, hello, God's got a different plan. And I can tell you about a hundred of those right now. Uh, but here's the thing. When we start writing these things down and, and looking back, we get to see two things. We get to see, number one, what God has done. Uh, and number two, uh, what he's enabled us to accomplish. 
And what he had, number three, what he has chosen differently for us than we would have chosen for ourselves. So it becomes not a sense of like, I have failed at that. It can become a, a place of reflection and honest connection with God. Like, is this what you wanted for me? Have I fulfilled what I, I, I said I wanted to do? If not, what stood in the way? What did you lead me to instead? Um, it's a place of praising the Lord. Like right now, um, I'm looking down at my sheet from 2019. Next step for career, get a counseling degree. So do you know how cool it is to look at that when I'm presently enrolled in graduate school getting a degree in counseling? And for many people in my life, they just thought this completely came out of the blue. Like all of a sudden in July, I applied to graduate school. I got in three weeks later. I started my summer courses and here I am in graduate school for a counseling degree. But honestly, if you go back to 2013, when I started this, get a counseling degree was on the list since 2013. And look at how long I had to wait until God said, now this is the time to fulfill it. But there, there are other things like I had on this list, you know, I was going to lose 30 pounds and, and be at my ideal weight for my health. Well, again, that was like seven years on the list before it finally became a reality. And God set me up in a way to, to say, OK, you're going to do something about this now. And so it is this isn't just about goal setting. It's not just about having a mission statement. It's really about stones of remembrances and saying, okay, Lord, what are you doing and how can I give you glory and reflect in that? And so uh, I do want to share um, some practical steps on how to use this. And, and I think I'm giving you the why, but I want to give you the what. Um, so there is this passage at the very end of Hebrews 13, verse 20. Uh, it's the benediction and the farewell. And it says, now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with every good to do everything good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Like That is the heart behind this whole thing. God do the equipping, God show us. And, and I, I just had a conversation with a client the other day about this, who she's like, I, you know, I just want God to take care of it for me. I'm like, talk, talk to me, sister, about that, because I do too. Like, there are things about my personality I'm not a fan of that I would really like. Can we just change this once and for all? But he has made us to be active participants in our life. Yes, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can he do a miraculous work without us? Absolutely, 100% of the time. But did he create us with a mind and a heart and hands and feet and has a desire to work in us and through us? Absolutely. And so we get to participate in that work. And he gets to do the equipping in our participation. And that, that you know, I love Greek words and Hebrew words. So the Greek word is katarizo. Um, and here's what it means for equip to render, to fit, sound, complete, to mend what is broken, to repair, to complete, to fit out, equip, put in order, arrange, adjust. I mean, goodness, that's what this process has been. To fit or frame for oneself to prepare, 
to strengthen, perfect, complete, complete, and this is my favorite part, make one what he ought to be. And you know, more to be, becoming more like Jesus. And so I want to just encourage you and, and challenge you that now is the time. Yes, in October, November is the time to begin thinking about the next year. And what is it that God wants to do in you? Are you willing to take, take a risk and put something on paper that you may be wrong about, that God may have another plan in store for you entirely, but if you put it down there, will you trust God to do it his way? I just uh, read in my um, quiet time this morning, uh, this passage from Luke, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to this for you guys. Luke chapter 11, uh, it's in that, you know, passage of ask, seek, and knock. And so verse nine says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find it. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give, listen to this, the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How many times do we misquote that passage and believe that the good gifts are the things that we want? When the, the good gift that God is talking about is his presence by the work of the Holy Spirit when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. So we can ask God for these things. He is a good father. And I believe this. I believe that he is going to be present with us. And he's going to be giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit daily, moment by moment, to lead us and guide us in the decisions that we need to make. And sometimes that's going to be the outcome exactly how we envisioned it. And sometimes it's not. But by doing this kind of equipped process, we become more aware of God's presence. And that is that good gift that he wants us to take stock of. So what does this look like? Well, you know, on my worksheet, because I started doing this in 2013, when it says, what scripture verses best capture the truths that have marked your life? I, I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 verses there. And I didn't even do anything in 2019 on this sheet. So those are verses that the Lord has impressed upon my heart. I don't have one life verse. I have a series of verses in which God has impressed truth. And, you know, my first verse on this on this list it is still the one I would go to most frequently. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's Romans 15, 13. But I also have 1 Peter 2, 9. Uh, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And that word chosen in that verse is linked with what you hear me say all the time, Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And over the years, God has been teaching me about being chosen, about being holy, about being his beloved. 
the Titus 2 passage about mentoring is on this. And you know that Morty B has been very passionate about biblical mentoring. And then, you know, often I will talk about our hearts and Ezekiel 36, 26. That was part of the, the season in which God completely healed my heart and heart of stone. And, and that verse says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I can go on and on about why these verses mean so much to me. So as I'm thinking about 2021, I'm, I'm thinking, Lord, what, what verse do you have for me? What is it that you want me to learn in a new way or return to in a new way? And I've started writing those verses down in a journal to see what I'll land on. And then when it moves into um, the mission statement, well, before we get to the mission statement, what do you feel God has made you to do or who do you feel he's called you to serve? Where do you feel his pleasure most of all? So I have a list of 12 things. I'm just going to give you a couple of those things and how they're linked to some, some of those key verses. So number one on my list is to bring glory to God and share Jesus through the overflow of him in my marriage, motherhood, and missional work. So that I have the word overflow underlined and that's linked to that Romans 15, 13 passage. Two, to live a God, as God's chosen daughter, embracing his holiness and love, choosing to express compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience with others. There's that those, those verses that have the word chosen. And again, verse three, to remember, not verse three, point three, to remember that I have been chosen and rescued by God from darkness so that I may go forth and declare his praises. That is from that first, uh, second Peter, am I getting it right? First Peter 2, 9 verse. And, and it gets uh, a little bit more practical towards the end, but these are kind of these big broad strokes of how is God asking me to live out these verses. So I have on point six to honor and respect my husband publicly and privately as I submit to him as unto Christ. That's from the Ephesians 5 passage I have on the list. Um, I have to love with real love from God as his beloved daughter. To become the woman God intended, brave, bold, beautiful, beloved, holy, whole, wholehearted, joy-filled, and content. So taking kind of all of those principles, putting them into one paragraph is where my mission statement lands. And I'll share this with you guys. And it may change because that's the beauty of a mission statement. God changes us and we can have a change in our statements. But it says, I am a chosen, holy, and beloved child of God set apart to declare the good news through first being filled up by him so that I can overflow onto my family, then my community, then beyond with a heart of passion about equipping women to impact the next generation with biblical truth that leads to authentic life transformation and understanding the real love of God. And then I have my prayer. I pray that God, the source of all hope, will infuse my life with an abundance of joy and peace in the midst of my faith journey so that his hope will overflow through me by the power of the Holy Spirit onto my marriage, motherhood, and missional work. And I added, this was a recent thing I had added, our family vision. We pray, we serve, we love. So that those are things that are constantly being massaged and changed um, and, and I keep this in my Bible and every, mm, well, not at all in 2019 or 2020, but until 
up until that point, what I would do is I would pull it out every quarter and look at it. I shouldn't say I haven't looked at it all. I have because it is in my Bible and I have flipped through it. Uh, but, you know, for most of us, the last year and a half, the last year has been a little chaotic. Uh, and so, so many of our routines have changed. And maybe that's why I had this hankering to kind of get back to the basics of how do I do life and how do I do it intentionally? And then I'll just give you um, an example uh, for under each of these priorities under the engaged part before we wrap up here. So uh, what measurable goals within each priority area would you like to set for the next 12 months? So under the priority of relationship with God and growing spiritually, quiet time, meet with the Lord daily in the morning, spend time in prayer, reading the word, listening to God, pray using acts and a weekly concentric circle day. Uh, so, and I wrote, thank God for our house daily because our house has been something I've not been grateful for. And so I would say, make that, um, we can make that even like a tighter goal. Like, uh, I will meet with the Lord for 15 minutes every day. I will, uh, have a goal of reading at least eight books of the Bible over, uh, the next 12 months. Right. Like, so give yourself some numbers that you can really say, I did this or I didn't do it. That that goal is not a good example. Um, I, I had a goal down here uh, under friends, make time for summer barbecues, invite our school and church community folks over for coffee and dessert or appetizers and drinks instead of meals, because at the time having big meals was overwhelming to me. So that's not going to be the same goal in our COVID life. Right. Under uh, my missional work, I actually have like goals of what I need to earn and um, how I'm going to go about doing that with the type of resources that I offer. Um, and then under uh, like finances, investments, I have specifics about how much we need to save for college, uh, how much we need to um, save. I wrote a car for Abby, which we were able to help her buy her first car this past summer. Um, and then under emotional and physical health, I'm actually going to split that into two for this coming year, because I really do see those as two things that need stewardship. And I'm going to put on my list, instead of walking three days a week for 30 minutes and one day a week for 60, I'm going to uh, put on it how many squats I need to do every day, because squats will build up my legs and improve my horseback riding. So I'm going to get even more specific on that. And then rest and recreations on that. What does that look like? Describe that. Because here's the deal. The more specific you get, the clearer you'll be whether or not you have walked this out. And this is a process of stewarding the life that God has given you, the relationships that you have, the passions that the Lord has put in you, and will enable you to, to move in alignment with God's best for your life. Uh, and so what does his best look like? We don't know if we don't seek him on it, right? We don't know if we don't ask. And, and when we do ask, sometimes we're going to get silence in return. And sometimes we're going to end up with disappointments. But in it, do we have, back to that Luke passage, do we have his presence? Are we doing this life with him as opposed to apart from him? That is my desire for you. Uh, absolutely hands down is for you to be able to do life intimately with God, wherever he has you, whatever he has called you to do. Let me close this with a, a commissioning prayer. I'm going to go back to that Hebrews passage if I can find it. Uh, 
I probably can't. So let me just start to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time that you have given with us. I thank you for your love for us, that you are present in our life, even when we forget to check in with you. When we have put our faith in you by believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, you have given us the gift of yourself. Jesus even said that he would leave and leave us with something better, the Holy Spirit. Then I pray that as we face a, a new year in uncertain times with so many disappointments and losses and having to adjust, God, that we would be able to shift our focus onto you and discover how to be more present with you in everything that we're doing and in the way that we're living. Not so that we can be perfect, not so that we can uh, accomplish mighty and awesome things for you, but that we may be fully attuned with who you are, Jesus, and, and living for your glory, that you would equip us for the good work that you have in store for us, and that you would get all the glory in the long run. In Jesus' name, amen. I am so glad that you joined me today, and I pray that you would uh, experience the deepness of God's love through studying his word with us. If you're ready to take the next step in aligning your life with God's best, but not sure what that looks like, head over to moretobe.com slash align and take our quiz to find out. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.